Hello everyone, I'm Hadley. And I'm Emily. And welcome back to another episode of Dark, Damned, and Disturbed. Welcome. <sighs> Emily, I want you to just, I'm just going to reiterate this, I'm dying. It's so <laughs> hot in here. <laughs> we are in the thick of our heat wave. Right in the Washington. thick of it. Right in the thick of it. Right in the and thick I of had it. to, we only have air conditioning, a portable unit in this one room that I'm in, and I had to cut it off to record. Pray for Hadley. I'm gonna melt. It's 106 degrees outside. It's like <laughs> literally over 80 degrees in every other room in the apartment except for this one. So now that the AC's off, I'll probably be quickly approaching that. <laughs> so if so, she starts talking faster, we know why. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll come out the other side of this heat wave like five pounds down. Who knows? Just from pray, sheer sweat. Pray for you. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so. We today are talking about a case that I did not even know existed until like a week ago when I'm I'm catching up on like my morbid episodes. I'm a little behind because I go through these phases where I just like binge nothing but one podcast and then I don't listen to it again for like six months. <laughs> and so um, I'm back in my like binge phase of catching up on the different shows that I listen to. So uh this episode we are talking about emily morris and i don't think that you know anything about this emily i have never heard of her it's also very confusing because you're both named emily well (laughs) so alrighty, guys so we're gonna jump on in so emily morris was born on september 22nd 1979 in st louis missouri to her parents richard and joan morris and from everything I could find, I think she only has one sibling, her sister, and I believe it's Andrea. Um, and Emily was six years older than her. So a pretty big age gap between them. But Andrea described her sister as fun-loving and energetic and that she would she is what she was what she would consider to be the quote ideal sibling that anyone would want. Um, Andrea also said that she was always Always someone I looked up to. She could light up any room and talk to anyone. Hanging out with your really, hanging out with your really cool big sister. Um, Emily was described by her mom as crazy, funny, fast, and sharp. And her mom also said that she personally thought that Emily could have been a stand-up comedian because of how funny she was. Um, she was an honor roll student and she loved art like her father. Um, her father loved to paint, and their house was like covered in his paintings. And she was also said to be a little bit of a daredevil. She was always doing crazy stunts and tricks on her bike, their trampoline. She would rollerblade and do things like that and would do things off of their, like, pool diving board, which, like, kudos to you, sister, because I can't walk five feet without rolling an ankle. <laughs> so, not. <laughs> yes, Gary is always telling me, like, you just need to sit down. Like, stop doing things. You're going to keep hurting yourself. So... She sounds to me like a normal child. She was funny, spunky, full of life, and we we vibe with that. So we're going to take a little sidetrack here because me and this Emily are going to have a conversation. Emily, um, I don't know if this was at, I don't know if this happened at your school, but for me, you kind of like, I feel like it's everywhere, but you always have like that one teacher that you're like, wow, like, they were the best teacher I ever had. They were, there was just something about them that, like, you know, you just kind of, like, 
you're always excited to be around them. You love taking that class with them. You maybe try to take more classes with them. Um, or there might have been more than one, but you just like thought they were fun, cool, and just someone that you like genuinely like to spend time with, not only in their classroom, but maybe outside of class. Um, and by outside of class, I do mean like clubs, sporting teams, um, maybe they tutored you, I'm not sure. Um, and so for me, I think that teachers like that can really make a big difference in terms of like the quality of education that students get in the classroom um, because they kind of, they take that extra time to make them feel important. They make them feel valued, things like that. And so unfortunately we do often run into those few bad apples in the bunch and I'm not going to name no names, but at my high school, and if you went to high school me and you're listening to this, I know that you'll automatically know who I'm talking about, but there was a rumor going around that there was this one teacher and everybody claimed to be in love with them. They were a very attractive, I'm not going to assign a gender because that's that might give away too much, but they were a very attractive teacher and, you know, they were cute and the rumors really, there was a lot of rumors going around about this one specific teacher and it ranged from like kind of innocent, just like everyone kind of had a crush on so and had a crush on this person to like super inappropriate, like being involved with students and like sexual relationships. Like it really, they went from here to here. Emily's face oh my right God. now. Yeah, it was, um, I don't know which ones were and were not true, but I do, I will say that I think it was my sophomore year, like when I finished my sophomore year that teacher no longer taught at my high school they had to go to a different school and the word on the street is because of a relationship that they were having with a student um and from what i understand like also this is all this this is literally just like eight years ago nine years ago just like high school gossip um but it could i want to say as well that like the student they were involved with was over the age of 18 so like the school couldn't really do anything except kind of be like hey this is kind of frowned upon <laughs> so Ew. yeah um but the teachers like that really kind of ruined the reputation for all of the other teachers who were just like kind of fighting the good fight and just really trying to be involved um but like I said, all of that was just a rumor. No one really truly knows <laughs> what was happening there. Um, but yeah, if you went to high school with me, you know who I'm talking about. And also, I'm still friends on Facebook with some of my teachers from high school. So if you're listening to this, I'm sorry if I just blasted your ex-employee <laughs> wasn't my intention. Oh my God, though. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a crazy time. But you know, at like 16 years old when I was hearing this, everybody else was just like, oh my gosh, like, they're so cute. They're such an attractive teacher, like, blah, blah. And so it was, a, it's a very weird time. Anyway, <laughs> so that's not the point of this. <laughs> my high school teacher, I never had their class. Um, they taught a subject that I had no business ever being in that classroom. So um, anyway... I'm sure that based off this conversation, you maybe can kind of guess where this is going. She had a um, favorite teacher. Yes. So Emily was 16 and she was going to Lindbergh High School in St. Louis and she had started running cross country and she was said to be very, very good at this, uh, which uh, you go girl. Uh, from what I understand, she had never really done cross country before. And if that's true, I'm real shocked to hear that she just like right out the gate was doing this well because 
you gotta be right when you run across country you gotta be fast and it's long distances and i can't i can't run from here to the fridge mm-hmm. without getting mm-hmm. winded personally if so, i'm running you need to be running because <laughs> i'm running so, from something we ain't just running right right um, my mom literally shared that stupid shirt on Facebook the other day. Did you see it? Where she was like the Bible verse, like you only run from the wicked. <laughs> yes. I was like, my mom is not a religious woman, and she's sharing this. With me. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Um, so at their school, there was a teacher named Jim Wilder, and Emily's sister Andrea said that he was quote super outgoing and a bit young for a teacher. He was very charismatic and engaging. All the kids wanted to be friends with him. They would jokingly call him Mr. Wonderful. He seemed to really fit the mold of someone who cared. Uh, He was very admired because of that. And Jim was also the cross country coach. And this is one of the reasons that Emily started running cross country. He uh, motivated her to join the team. How old was he? Uh, We will get to that. So (laughs) they did say that under his coaching, she became exceptionally good at running and she was frequently earning the best times on her team. You go girl. Uh, my, my heart would literally explode. There's no freaking way, but mm-hmm. go on with you, go on with your bad self. Um, so I think we can see from the outside looking in here, this seems to be the start of one of those, what you would think is a great teacher student relationship where if you just really wanted to see these kids succeed and be their friend, it would be fine but those were not his true motivations. But if they were, we could have been a Jim Wilder stan. But since we're sitting here talking about him, I think it's kind of obvious that's not what happened. Yeah. So I want to preface this. Um, She is 16 years old and he is 29. So we have a Prince Charles and Miss Diana situation happening all over again. Not really, but... What does a 29-year-old want with a 16-year-old? Literally. So she is 16 and he's 29 when all of this initially started. So the fall of 1995, they grew very close and went from a normal, and it kind of went from a normal teacher-student relationship to more of like a mentor-mentee relationship. Um, Emily would open up to him about her problems and would just look to him for overall life advice. And she was, he was always happy to help her with whatever the issue would be, whether it was boys, her social life, school, like anything. So one day, I believe it's still in the fall of 1995, um, they had a cross country practice at a park a couple miles from the school. And Emily told police that on this day, the team was playing capture the flag and she was on the sidelines because she had forgotten her workout clothes at home. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but have you heard of the game chicken? Uh, yeah. So, like, refresh my memory, though. It apparently means different things in different places, because I, the way I remember, and I could totally be butchering this, we played this in the pool, like, on each other's shoulders, like, you would play chicken or whatever, you, like, fight. That's one version. That's that's the version I know, um, and I definitely thought I was making that up. But so, this version, Emily, that this Emily played, very different than the version that I played in the pool with my cousins. So... While at this practice, she approached Coach Wilder, who was standing behind a tree. Because that, too, is where Yo, most man, coaches, what are you doing? Why are you observing a, a, a practice from behind a tree? Um, and was telling him about this. So she goes up to him and she's telling him about this guy who wanted to play chicken with her. Well, in their version of chicken, 
very different than mine like I said there was one person that would basically see how far the other would let them go so I'm currently person. I'm currently wearing shorts so through FaceTime I can kind of exhibit to you so the guy wanted to start by her ankles please enjoy my hairy leg on FaceTime and <laughs> run his his hand up her leg until she said chicken so she would have to like the closer he you know he got to her lady bits she would just say chicken whatever so I think that she was probably uncomfortable with the fact that the guy asked her to play that and I'm thinking that that's why she went to Wilder is you are so what are you doing (laughs) at least bored she's bored she's fidgeting I'm just listening (laughs) she's putting like her mic cover on her bun <laughs> anyway, so I think that maybe she went to him trying to fi- like to find advice on how to like navigate the situation. Um, and his great advice to her was asking her, did she want to play chicken with him? No, his response should have been, no, you're 16, don't play chicken. And then he proceeded to, I believe without like without a moment's hesitation, run his hand up her leg. And she said chicken and he did not stop and he kept going and put his whole palm over her crotch. She was wearing jeans. So she was so like that to me, I'm like, when I have like like at least she was covered. Like it's not like she was in like Nike shorts or like, you know, like um sometimes when I run I wear like Nike pros, like you know, like the little spandex shorts. Yeah. So like thank God she had something on that was like she was fully covered, but still so freaking disgusting. Um and the only reason that he stopped is because a boy from the team ran past them. So he's so really gross. sitting there with like his whole hand on her cooch and it's just like Jay chilling in the middle of the park. In the middle of a team practice. He didn't care. So, so you could literally be her dad. Literally. So at this point, like this fall of 95, like I said, they have a closer relationship now than just like a teacher student. And so like he was her coach. He was a mentor. Her parents like knew him and he would, he would like, he would take her home from practices. Like this was not like out of the normal for him. Um, and so you know, his parent, her parents were like, hey, can you drive Emily home from practice? And he was like, yeah. So he takes her home from practice. And I, I am in no way victim shaming, but this I don't understand. She invites him inside. So they get to the door. Emily's like, hey, do you want to come in? And he come, he goes with her. And I couldn't find out why she did it. And I personally don't think that I would have done it. I'm not victim shaming her, but I just don't think I would invite somebody into my house who had just done something like that to me. Um, But also, like, I know it's very different when you're, like, living in the moment in the situation. You might respond differently. Plus, I couldn't find anywhere, like, if he coerced her into letting him in the house or exactly what the, like, the premise was. Um, But anyway, she sits down on this ottoman that they have in their living room. And Wilder proceeded to remove her pants and underwear and perform oral sex on her. And he did this for several minutes before asking her, did she want to stop? And she said, yes, I want to stop. And then they went back into her backyard and jumped on the trampoline together. Emily's That is so confusing. I just, that is so confusing. I, I, don't, I don't understand. 
<laughs> and I'm not They're laughing jumping on I the trampoline. Okay. I'm laughing because I'm confused. I don't know how else to respond. Literally, like he just sexually assaulted her, and he was like, "Let's hey, go jump on the trampoline. Let's go jump on the trampoline." Like, so. I Where are just, her parents? I, I don't know. So from uh, this point on, weekly. Emily was performing oral sex or some other sexual act on him. And she did tell police, though, that they never had, like, actual intercourse. Um, and I just want to pop this little tidbit in now because it'll kind of make sense in a minute. Um, in the state of Missouri, I believe it might have changed since then, but now... In the state of Missouri, at 16, she was one year under the age of consent of 17, meaning that under law, she was not old enough to consent to these acts that he was doing to her. Um, and so, Emily did say that she thought of their affair to be top secret because, shockingly, Wilder's married and has a baby. Oh, wow. Mm. So, while all this is going on, he's literally got, like, a baby and a wife at home. And for me, if I think something's happening that's like, quote, top secret, I'm going to be very selective about where and when these events happen. You know, I think I would put a little bit of effort into planning this, but I don't know. I feel like it was him more so navigating this than her. They for were sure. not secretive. They were not selective. Um, literally, it like, I don't know how they, how this went on for so long. They were caught in a men's bathroom at a park by a person just walking by. Nothing really came out of that because I'm assuming, like, at a park. Because apparently, like, he looked really young. I saw pictures of him from that time and he did kind of look young. So, I don't know that I would have personally, like, thought twice about it. I would have been like, ew, okay, in the bathroom? Um, <laughs> and yeah, so, then... One time, they were out driving around town, and Wilder saw a fellow teacher and shoved Emily's head into his lap. So that way, she wouldn't be seen in his car. And Emily told police that she and Wilder would often meet in private in the wrestling room at the high school, but that occasionally other members of staff, like teachers, administrators, janitors, whatever, would come in, and that Emily would then have to hide in a uniform box. So, during her junior year, they went to Jefferson City for the state cross-country competition. And it's only about a two-hour drive from St. Louis to Jefferson City. So, like, while they were there, as a team, I think this was decided, they decided to go see a movie. They saw the movie Seven. And she and Wilder went with the team, with the group. And she said that she masturbated him over his pants while another coach sat on the other side of him literally right there how bold how bold literally so at this point i really just like i don't understand how in the hell they have not been caught um so we fast forward to march of 1996 and they get the closest that they ever would be to actually getting caught so this is now the spring of emily's junior year and principal david skillman called emily's parents to discuss it that he had received and the information regarded an inappropriate behavior between a student and a coach and I'm not sure exactly how he got this info where he got this info 
but as we just stated they were not in any way shape form or fashion really being sneaky um so joan emily's mom said the principal skillman phase phrased it as quote emily has been accused of having an affair with a teacher and her mom was like uh <laughs> what so you gotta think like they view this man as their daughter's mentor as someone who like wants nothing but the best for her is solely yeah. acting in her best interests interest and that he had they think he's been a great influence on her and so i'm sure that they're really just probably sitting there thinking like no no no, no. like principal skillman's lost his mind and this was like very out of character for emily for like a rumor like this to have possibly been about her so her parents at this point were like hey we really want to sit down and have like a face-to-face meeting about this. So apparently they did have this meeting and during the meeting Wilder and Emily were both described as quote stone-faced and for the roughly 30 minutes they were both there swore up and down that nothing had happened between them. So then all the adults just decided that this was a rumor that had been started by somebody on the team that was jealous of Emily's success and her mom requested a letter from the principal exonerating Emily from the false claims and he did provide her with that. So, at this point, this rumor is literally everywhere. Like, everyone's talking about it. Um, And Emily actually confided in a teammate of hers as to what was actually happening. Her friend Christine uh, Liber, I think is how you say her name, was said that, quote, everyone in high school knew what was going on, dot, dot, dot. Parents and other cross-country people had seen them in the woods, but Wilder was young, handsome, and popular. None of us thought there was anything wrong with that. It's always, it's what he'd always done. He was not young. Yeah. He looked very young. I looked up a picture of him. Yeah, and it also, like, he's not a bad-looking dude. So, and I mean, Emily was a very pretty girl. And, you know, I think that he, because also, unfortunately, this behavior continues past just Emily. So he definitely is aware that he's, like, what people find to be attractive. Like, you know, he's not the greatest looking dude in the world, but he's definitely not ugly. Um, So, like I said, this pattern follows him. So the rumor about him and Emily hung around for years. So by the time Emily's younger sister, Andrea, started at the high school, which was six years later... She joined Wilder's cross-country team, and the rumor was still hanging around. And I'm sure for Andrea, it was probably even worse because it was her sister. Um, And Andrea did say her sister and Wilder were often the butt end of jokes that she didn't at the time understand. And at this point, he was still just as beloved and had even been given some special recognition by the Missouri House of Representatives, and they threw a banquet for him. Um, so during this whole time, Emily kept journals, but it's not until you look back at them, knowing what we know now, that there are really any red flags. He kind of had, like, she kind of had, like, normal things in her journal. She has pictures and stuff of her and Wilder, which it's not super weird to me. Um, she wrote up about him saying, like, quote, I admire Coach Wilder for his warmth and compassionate, his warm heart and compassionate ways. Also, in one part of her book, she wrote, quote, unforgettable her most quote unforgettable moment of high school and wrote i'm not gonna say this right bower park bok 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 between capture the flag chicken 
question mark exclamation point and that is the park that he like did the chicken thing on her leg at so this like at first it just seems like it's an innocent inside joke but now we know this was like the first time he assaulted her um she also had a secret journal where she had ripped i just a secret journal where she had gonna let it slide cryptic poems about a forbidden love and to me that doesn't seem super weird like i feel like a lot of kids when they kind of have that like teen angst and like a a love you can't have um you write stuff like that i mean i didn't but i don't think it's uncommon um so emily i think that at first this is just my opinion i think at first emily possibly did have a crush on him uh, but I don't think that she was alone. I feel like a lot of girls at some point in their life, they have a teacher that they get a little bit of a crush on. Um, and it's innocent like 99.9% of the time. It never goes anywhere. It's literally just like a little crush. But in Emily's situation, as we know, this quickly turned to be anything but innocent. And at 16, I know you act somewhat like attention seeking, but I in no way think that she was seeking this kind of behavior nor does any other 16 year old seek this kind of behavior i think that you just kind of want to be liked by people that like that you like and it's not necessarily like in romantic i just mean like you want to have friends you're a child you're a child like you're just trying to make friends you know it's not i don't think that even if she maybe was at some point like flirtatious with him in some capacity like it's his job as the adult to like establish a boundary and it's like he just he didn't care um because she's a child and she should not be having to navigate through these situations like it's okay for her to feel her feelings or whatever but he should have been the one to put his foot down and be like nope okay like this is a strictly like professional like teacher student relationship but he obviously is just a disgusting monster and didn't care and so during the abuse, her family just kind of watched her really just like change and deteriorate over the years that the abuse went on. She went from her funny, carefree self to angry, secretive, and self-conscious. They at first wrote it off as like just teenage angst, and they realize now that it was in fact not any of that. Um, Joan, her mother, said that she was struggling to complete tasks. She would no longer be seen in a bathing suit, and she used to love swimming. Her sister Andrea said that she remembered her crying and crying before school if her bangs weren't right, like her hair. Um, and her family just didn't realize that this was Emily literally crying out for help. They just thought that it was teenage emotion and angst. And I completely understand that. Um, but her mom, to me, Miss Joan, it, she sounds like a great mom. She actually got Emily into therapy because she could tell like things just like it just wasn't right. And Emily would not talk. She wouldn't open up. She wouldn't say a thing. So more than just her family was noticing her changes, her friends were starting to notice. And a friend of her, a friend of hers from high school, messaged her on Facebook years later and told her that she noticed a change in her in high school, and that she went from a close friend and then watched, and that she just fell away. And he always wondered what had happened to her. She was and- being sexually abused by an adult by an adult who was supposed to literally protect her. So once she started college, things unfortunately just got worse. She was depressed. She was suicidal. She was suffering with bulimia and was getting increasing and that was getting increasingly severe. And it was later traced back to her eating disorder was from Coach Wilder's critiques of her body. He told her in high school to get liposuction 
and she wrote that on the back of one of her team photos. She was literally 16 years old, and this almost 30-year-old man was telling her to go get freaking liposuction. It's disgusting. So, Emily said that college for her was just a mess. Um, she graduated in 2001 from Linwood University with a degree in English, and in 2007, she was married with two kids and was happy for the first time in years. And you fast forward to December 2018, and Coach Wilder was arrested based on a report that he had had sexual relations with a current student, and Emily chose to stay out of it. She was focused on her family, and her mom said, quote, she didn't want to rock the boat. So naturally, the charges against Wilder didn't stick. And in February 2009, the St. Louis County Prosecutor's Office said it had, quote, no credible evidence that any sexual sexual misconduct took place between Wilder and the anonymous student. I wish she would have rocked the boat. So since he was cleared, he was allowed to go back to work. And he said for him, it was, quote, a nightmare. I bet it freaking was, you goddamn creep. Um, so that was 2000, like 2009, jumping ahead to 2013, Emily is on year three of her alcoholism and she decides at this time to come forward with her allegations against Wilder. Back in 2012, her and her husband separated and her husband did actually get sole custody of their kids, which I'm sure was really hard for her. But considering everything that she had going on, I really do think that that was what was best for her kids at the time. Um... And so she really did try to make her life better. She was in therapy, rehab, she was on meds, but she was really never successful with any of her attempts to like break the cycle of addiction that she had found herself in. Um, But her drink, her parents said that like her drinking was breaking their heart and was dominating their lives. And her, but her drinking is actually what finally brought her high school horrors to life. Because while she was drunk, she told her parents everything and she blamed them for not doing enough to stop it. And her mom said after this, Emily spiraled just like it really just like made sense to her. She was finally like getting a look at the big picture and saw like what she kind of knew all along. Like something else was happening. Um, And her mom was said, quote, her drinking literally had everything to do with the fact that she hated herself. She hated who she was, she hated the things that she had done, and she wanted to alienate herself. And so, in summer 2013, she told her parents that she wanted to go to the police, but was hesitant. She said at, she said that at one point she thought she loved Wilder, and that she didn't want to ruin his life. And like I said earlier, I'm not shocked. Like, I think there was at some point, like, actual feelings that she had toward him. Um, and her mom told her, quote, Emily, he ruined your life. Think of your own daughter and imagine a teacher grooming and abusing her. And that lit a torch for Emily. And so at that point, she decided to just go forward. So her therapist had actually also motivated her to come forward as a way to heal. And she told police and friends, including a friend whose daughter played on the soccer team that Wilder was helping to train. And... Um, you personally have coached soccer teams, Emily, so you can tell me if this is what you consider to be a crucial part of training uh, young girls playing soccer. Do you make it a point to massage those little girls' legs? No. Because that's what he... Um, that's weird. Yeah, and so finding this out set Emily off. Um, so her and Wilder had actually kept up with each other throughout this whole time since she was in college, and his behavior 
was also kind of setting her off. The last time that they talked, he was, quote, so ignorant and pleased by what had happened between them when she was a teenager, and it upset her to hear that. Um, so she said to a friend of hers, quote, honestly, it truly has given, it has truly taken me this long to have enough guts to say something. I've gone through a lot of personal things that were a spinoff of this happening, of this happening, really awful relationships, eating disorders, etc. I just don't care about myself anymore. I just didn't care about myself anymore. And I have finally gotten to the point where I just can't do this anymore. So at this point, she's 33 years old and she was nervous because it had been well over a decade since the crimes had happened but in her coming forward, um, so she was nervous, and lawyers call it, uh, delayed disclosure, but she, of course, was going to be subject to, like, unfortunate treatment that happens when you wait so long, um, and it kind of tends to cast this, like, unfair shadow on these victims and their credibility if they wait a long time to come forward, so in... June 17, 2013, she walked into her local police department and asked them what would happen if she had come forward. And the next evening, two detectives came to her apartment and interviewed her. And they said that she was very emotional and they possibly thought that she had been drinking, but that they did believe everything that she said. Um, so, two weeks later, Emily got Wilder on recording in a in a in the Galleria parking lot. He was on summer break and he was still working at the high school as a running coach and the middle school as a PE teacher. And he told Emily that he had also started flipping houses as well. So she approached him and told her, told him that her therapist had told her to revisit their part of her life. And she initially wanted to talk over the phone, but he encouraged this meeting to be in person and because he was worried about government surveillance on phone calls. So, following police instructions, she had set up a date and time to meet with him, and they wired her up, and they stayed nearby for her safety, um, and she put the recorder in her bra and walked right up to him, and the police encouraged her to kind of, like, let him run the show, and they did talk about, like, a number of things from the past and present, and he called it, quote, electric when talking about their game of chicken and all the times that they were almost caught. He denied um, grooming her, um, but he said that she was the persuasive one. And he said he wanted, he said, quote, he wanted everything to stop and that he was feeling close to a heart attack from his concerns about their relationship. What a liar. Literally, I have it in all caps right here. Yeah, right, homie, whatever. For real. Um... And then Homie even goes as far as to complain to her about the videos the school district makes him watch every year. And I'm sure that like almost every job I've ever had, there's some kind of thing. And I'm sure teachers, obviously it's yearly, but like, then they make you watch those like sexual misconduct videos and sexual harassment videos. He was literally complaining to her about having to watch those every year. He said, quote, it makes me almost throw up every effing beginning of the school year. We have to watch those kinds of videos. It's grooming and blah, blah, blah. I've been there, but I didn't, but didn't do it. And even said that he, what he did wasn't considered to be illegal in some jurisdictions. But baby, it is where you are. It's illegal and where it's, you are. And it's morally, like you have no, oh, and he, you have no morals. This gets even better. He says, quote, in 90% of the world, 15's legal. 
So if I go over and off a 15-year-old in Spain, I can do it all day in the streets, whatever, nothing would happen. You touch a 16-year-old and you go to jail here. And then I wrote in my notes, in all caps, sir, you are disgusting. For real? For reference, two years after this conversation, Spain raised their consent age from the age of 13 to 16. And then I put, you nasty, crusty bitch." I looked up... I looked up what he looked like, and he literally looks like a worm, like a worm head. Like, he did not age well. No, he didn't. He was cuter, like, when, unfortunately, he was good looking when he was younger, but, like, he just looks like a freaking worm. I just want everyone to know that. But, like, I don't think that the Spain thing really, like, came from him saying that, (laughs) but I just can't. What an I can't idiot. believe it. The other night I was on like I was on crackhead energy when I typed this, you nasty crusty some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I really I put some bitch S U M. Oh my god. Some bitch. <laughs> anyway, so the only thing he admitted to on tape was quote, we did something that wasn't right according to our ways these days. You know I'm not a creeper. I didn't creep. I always I always want you to know that I was there to protect you, not harm you. And Liar. then once again, I was on crackhead energy the other day when I typed this. So then I put, uh, last I checked, sir, putting your penis in someone's mouth isn't protecting them, let alone putting your penis in a child's mouth, you nasty some bitch. He's really protecting her. I was oh. really on crackhead energy <laughs> the other day when I typed this. So Emily gives the tapes to the police. And 16 months later, November 2nd, 20, 2014, was the last time anyone heard from Emily. 16, oh, 16 months 16 months later. Months, she went 16 months later. Um, so that's 16 after 16 months after that parking lot meeting in in August. Uh, I'm sorry, I just butchered that. So 16 months later in November of 2014 is the last time anyone talked to her. And then for some reason I also put 16 months after the parking lot meeting. No crap, Hadley. Anyway. <laughs> August 2013, they arrested Wilder and proceeded with six second-degree sodomy charges, which also, just in case you don't exactly know what sodomy is, I did Google it and made sure to include it in here. Sodomy is sexual intercourse involving anal or oral copulation. So, he got out on bond while waiting for trial. For over a year, their court, court dates were being pushed back and delayed. But weeks before this, Emily told her family she felt the case was nearing its close and that she believed they were negotiating a plea deal for him. So her taking this step forward really motivated her to get her life together. And this, to me, is honestly the most heartbreaking part of this. So she was working at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out Buffalo Wild Wings. And she was spending time with her kids. And she was... Once again, I was on crackhead energy. I literally typed. She was up in the gym working on her fitness. Oh my god. I don't know. It was very late at night when I was doing this and I was just singing for delicious in my head apparently. So her mom, once again, like I said, she's a literal precious angel, was tracking her drinking in this little color-coded journal that she made. And like she color-coded it and so the green days were good days and bad days were tracked in red and in 2014 her mom said that she had had more green days than red days so she was like really doing good um so the morning of november 4th her dad went to go and check on her and her apartment 
and he found her laying on the floor and she was in her PJs and she had her like kitchen trash can pulled up over her head and it was like down to her shoulders um and he said that he picked the can up and when he touched her she was cold oh no so there was vomit all around her head and in the trash can her phone was next to her and some snacks there were snacks next to her and she was also like tucked into a blanket um so there's a few things here that automatically don't make any sense but so her dad I guess just like Gary does this when Gary gets like anxious or panicky he just starts cleaning <laughs> if he's not if he's mad at me he will not clean but if he's just with somebody else or anxious he will start cleaning and so his her, her dad was like he's like I just started cleaning like he said that it literally looked like a bomb went off in her apartment um and so her cause he of death huh did he call the police or was he just cleaning yes he did her? so he called the police okay um so once the police got there Joan was just sitting next to her calling her name like she was just saying like Emily 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 like trying to get her to like wake up I guess and so Joan said quote I sat down next to her crying and playing with her hair because Emily loved having me play with her hair that was her favorite thing of all literally I was like almost crying the other day once again but then in the same thing I was quoting for delicious I don't know what I was doing the other night when I was on X Games mode X Games mode so her cause of death was asphyxiation from the trash bag and the can but her manner of death was left undetermined by the county medical examiner and the police did say her death was suspicious because also none of her apartment doors were locked no one knows how she got into the position that she did she was literally like in a blanket swaddled with the trash can which was 16 inches wide constricting her upper body her family figured that she was maybe camping out by a trash can kind of going through like a tough part of her detox from drinking and had had her phone with her snacks with her um and they were concerned because they thought maybe she drank herself to death because they did find an empty vodka bottle in her room, but her blood alcohol level was a 0.05 and the legal limit is 0.08. So her family doesn't believe that this was an accident or that she purposefully did this to herself. And Emily was claustrophobic, so she would have hated being in the trash can. Yeah, she didn't she didn't do that. Yeah. So the police closed, so this was November 2014. The police closed the case in January of 2015, two months later, with no named suspects. And her family learned days after her funeral that the sodomy charges against Wilder had been dropped. And Emily had a court date coming up, and it was a very important court date. She was going to be testifying about the things that had happened to her. Hmm. So I kept seeing, like, I, one of the web pages that I found everybody was talking about this oxygen series it's called the case died with her and they did i believe they did an episode i think it's a series where they're covering like multiple cases but either way there's one of them that's about emily when i tell you i literally tried everything to find this i was willing to pay to watch it couldn't buy it anywhere i downloaded the oxygen app couldn't stream it like it's nowhere i could not watch it i don't know so finally in like my last ditch effort i was like okay let me go to youtube Cause you know, Gary paid for YouTube premium, so no ads. And so I was like, oh, okay, I can watch it on YouTube. 
so I couldn't find the whole thing on YouTube, but the Oxygen YouTube channel has like a highlights thing that's like 15 minutes long. There was a couple different videos, but I just watched like the 15 minute one and I was going to link it in the show notes. But when I tried to copy and paste the link, it did something stupid in the document and it was just like a picture. (laughs) And I was like, no, if you guys want to look it up, I'll tell you what the name of it is at the end. But so I was watching some of the highlight clips from that and they dropped the charges, which this makes sense, unfortunately. So they dropped the charges because even with Emily's testimony and her evidence from her taping him, um, they really had nothing that was concrete. They had no DNA evidence. They had nothing, nothing actually tying him to her aside for these allegations, except for her word. And that in the tapes, he never explicitly said what he did to her. So they wanted to wait to see if, like, unfortunately, over, I guess, just time, they could get more evidence to use against him, more concrete evidence, because the Sixth Amendment gives you the right, um, so her not being there to testify did kind of play a role into it, but it's not a key thing. The Sixth Amendment gives you the right to confront and cross-examine a witness, and her being deceased, they wouldn't have been able to do that, but... This is not, like, always grounds for a case being thrown out. And it wasn't really the reason that this case got thrown out. It was just, like, possibly part of the reason. Um, A lot of them still move forward, even if a witness passes away. Because it really just, it's a case-by-case basis. Because if they feel like they have enough concrete evidence otherwise to continue forward and actually get a, you know, get the verdict of guilty for the person or whatever, like, they'll go ahead with with the court case. Um... But I also feel like now he's probably, I want to think he's probably going to be on his best freaking behavior. Like, I would assume so. Right. So to make this even better, they freaking sealed his records. Why? So you cannot even see that he was ever arrested on these sodomy charges for two different people and his records are completely clean because they sealed that and in may of 2015 he at this time had spent two years on paid administrative leave and the school came out and said that they were going to review the evidence and going to make a decision based on all the evidence that had been brought forward so the school did not fire him that looks so bad on the school as well why wouldn't you fire someone for So they wouldn't fire him, but he resigned. And he had a contract in place with them that required them to pay him two months of his salary. He made $69,100 a year annually. That was his last reported salary in 2012. So if you go based off that, two months of severance pay and $5,000. And they never gave any details about why he resigned, but they have since banned him from ever working in that area again. So he got like $11,000 in severance and another $5,000 from that, like in addition. So he basically got paid sixteen grand to resign. And this is one of the only things that Emily got that she wanted. Him not working there anymore. So she wanted him to be on the registered sex offenders list and she wanted the state to take his teaching license. They did not take his license. It is still active and he is not a registered sex offender. Emily told a friend in August 2013, quote, it's been awful, but at the same time, I feel as though I've been finding me again. I truly feel as though I am gaining my dignity, myself, and love. I'm 
and love for who I am back. At, at first, I doubted myself and was scared to death, but now I realize I'm not only freeing myself, but I'm saving other girls. It's a blessing, and I know I have done the right thing. And she said frequently that she hoped he will be convicted. Her family literally could not believe that the charges were dropped. They were frustrated, as they should have been. And like I said, really? I wish I could have watched the whole episode from the series. Um, but myself and a lot of people in the YouTube comments on that video <laughs> believe that Wilder had murdered her or had her murdered. Um, on the little bits of that stuff I could see on the highlights video, the lady that's like the um i guess she's just like the host of it i don't i don't they didn't give me any details about who she was like if she was an investigator or whatever but so she actually met with a medical examiner the examiner who said interesting things about the crime scene so it was literally just like a normal trash can like you know the trash cans you get like a target and that they have like the little swoopy swinging lid just like a plain like black trash can that's literally what it was i've jokingly like put a brand new one on my head and i can't even get it like past my shoulders so it was 16 inches wide and it tapers down so she wouldn't have really been able to get very far in the trash can like doing it to herself um and they can the guy said he could see how you could choke inside of one of them like if a bag was in it but the guy said she would have been unable to get herself and like she would have been able, unable to get herself back out of the can had she dumped it on herself like that. Um, but apparently Emily was also prone to seizures. And her mom had even like seen her have a seizure. And so the guy said that if she had had a seizure while inside the can, she 100% could have died during that. And he told the lady that it would take three to four minutes to choke to death, but even sooner if you went unconscious. So he said that if what they kind of played out in his lab where she was puking, like she, they, what he thinks happened is like she was standing up over the trash can, puking into the trash can. Somehow she slipped, fell into it because she wouldn't have been able to just pick the can up and like pull it over her head. The way she was like shoved in it, she would have had to have been pushed or like fallen into it with some force. So maybe she was puking. She slipped, and when she did, she, like, tumped further into the trash can. And that um, she possibly had a seizure and then died. He said that that is the way that he thinks that it would have been, like, a, quote, accident. But he really has no way to know for sure that it was an accident because no one that we know of was there to witness it. So he said, but also because there was nobody else there to witness what happened, you can't completely rule it out as homicide either. So, like, you can't really Wouldn't rule out homicide. Would they be able to tell if she had a seizure with an autopsy? I would think so. Um, I don't know. Um, especially if she was by herself, I don't, I would think that there would be something, like, maybe they could tell through, like, you know, post-mortem, like, blood results and things like that. Because, like I said, they tested her blood alcohol and everything. But, like, I don't know. I guess most of the time, most people that have seizures, like, they do go unconscious for a little bit. But they eventually, like, wake back up. They're not always in, like, a situation like that where they're, like, in something that could constrict their breathing like she was. Um, but there has been no... 
no update like ever since the oxygen thing came out they did say that like they had some like the oxygen thing interviewed a lot of her like friends from high school and things people like that so there's been a lot more of like her personal details that have kind of come out but as far as the case goes there's really so i found where you can watch it um if you have a voodoo account you can buy it for a dollar 99 yeah, when I googled it the other day, it didn't pop up. I don't know. I guess I didn't look hard enough, but... I just found it, and now I want to watch it, so... I do, too. Um, but so the video that um, I found on YouTube, I just searched, like, Emily Morris Oxygen, but she does spell her name E-M-I-L-I-E. And it, um, it was... The case died with her highlights. It was, like, 15 minutes long. And like I said, I was going to include it in the show notes, but the link was being very weird when I was trying to copy and paste it into my document and so yeah if you just look that up you can see the different things because like I said they had they had some different stuff with like some of her friends and the medical examiner and her sister and her mom but like this to me like I said it's just that's just my opinion I think that she I think she was murdered murdered. I think she was why was she like a burrito literally like she was swaddled in a blanket swatted in the blanket the trash can basically shoved on the top of her head because like what i what i feel like happened is she was just like she was detoxing or maybe she had been drinking because she had been you know she had that 0.05 so she had had something to drink and from what i understand she had really slowed her drinking down so maybe she at that point had like a lower tolerance level she drank some she ended up getting like really sick from it she went to go sit by the trash can. She wrapped herself up in a blanket because especially if like you're detoxing or whatever, I know you like you get the cold, you get cold, you get the sweats, like you kind of go through yeah. these different phases. So I feel like she was sitting by the trash can, wrapped up in a blanket, had some snacks to try to maybe ease her stomach, had her phone there so if she needed to call someone or someone called her, and then she maybe like fell asleep and someone let themselves in because her door wasn't locked and saw he's just out he's just out a free man yeah somebody what does he do now i'm not sure i really didn't care to find out Hmm. i would if i was a bed lady i would say he's probably teaching somewhere because he was just banned from teaching in that area but the state of missouri didn't take his license so he possibly could have like relocated out of state or he could have just gone to another area in Missouri. Well, Jim, you're disgusting. You, nasty. you look like a worm. What did I put in here? Let me go read this again. I already forgot. <laughs> you nasty, crusty, some bitch. You nasty, crusty, some bitch. If this reaches <laughs> you, you nasty. We know you're listening. Yeah, us. But, to yeah. us. That is the absolutely horrible, tragic, disturbing, disgusting case of Emily Morris. It just sucks so bad, too, because she was right there, man. Like, she was literally about to testify. And I feel like, too, there's something so freeing about, like, the person getting to testify against the person who did all of this stuff to them. Like, it is just, like, such a weight off your chest. Like, it's obviously horrible if it doesn't pan out. Like, they end up not going to jail or whatever. But, like, sometimes just getting it off of your chest like that can really just be like so freeing so it really just sucks because she was literally right there 
and it's even more suspicious that it was like days before she was supposed to testify and you know suspicious suspicious because it would have put him away or at least made him you know go on the sex offender list yeah like I feel like at the bare minimum would have taken his license and he would have been on the sex offenders list for sure bare minimum because I mean even Emily said like she would have been content with that like obviously her she was probably hoping he would go to prison but like her big things that she wanted were for him to no longer like work as a teacher and work around kids and to be on the sex offenders list so she would have gotten she would have gotten some justice but you know I guess in a way there kind of was some justice because he was he resigned but like I don't know like why would you not just fire him exactly multiple people yeah and like the very first time he got it and I can understand too like giving him the benefit of the doubt but like I mean come on man six total charges Mm -mm. yeah guys um that was wild that was that was a wild one. Ugh. And he's still just out there. I just don't like that. That yeah, it just that. doesn't sit right with me. I'm just sitting here thinking about it. Like it just don't sit right with me. But we will include pictures of Emily and the nasty some bitch on our Instagram, which you can Emily's Emily's laughing, which you can follow us on Instagram at Dark Damn Disturb Podcast. You can check us out on TikTok at which is Dark Damn Disturb Pod. And you can send us any case suggestions, any weird things you want us to talk about, a spooky story, whatever, to darkdamdisturbpod at gmail.com. Feel free to leave us a review wherever you listen to us if they have reviews or don't. Can't tell you what to do. Um, but do it. But do it, as Emily says. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, that wraps this one up. We will catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye.